Okay. Cool. I don't think we did a video chat before, Alicia. No, I don't think so either. I put on my glasses for confidence. They're really like reading glasses. (laughs) I really want to have glasses. I think it's coming soon. It'll happen. It'll happen. Hey, welcome to Marginally, a podcast about writing, work, and friendship. I'm Olivia, a consultant living in Ukraine and London, working on a novel and daydreaming about lots of other projects. And I'm Megan, a librarian and freelance indexer, writing about complex women's friendships for both young adult and adult audiences. In today's episode, we bring back one of our very first guests, Alicia de los Reyes. Alicia is a writer based in Maine, where she lives with her family and cat. She has her MFA from the University of New Hampshire, and her nonfiction has appeared in The Archipelago, The Billfold, and others, and her fiction has been published in Best New Writing 2015. Alicia is also the author of one of our favorite writing guides, DIY Writing Retreat and DIY Chicklet, and she's the creator of the Writer's Process Planner. And we have her on today to talk about goal setting and planning. And take it from me, even if you're allergic to Virgo season and are celebrating saying goodbye to it today and planning and goals, you will want to listen to this one. You can find out more about Alicia at aliciadelosreyes.com and as at Likes Oatmeal on Instagram and Twitter. Listen to her podcast, Scratch Paper, on iTunes or Stitcher or at her website. And you'll be able to find links to all of those things in our show notes at marginallypodcast.com. Okay. Well, thank you so much for contacting us and for coming on the show. Yeah, we're excited too. Because you are super good at organizing stuff and kind of approaching like how you're going to fit things in and how, how you're going to like go through an entire project beginning to end. Because you've been through that process a couple times. Um, oh, thank you. And... <laughs> Even down to like your, one of the things that's so helpful about your, um, which we talk about all the time, but your DIY writing retreat Mm -hmm. book is that it is so structured, but it's still like there's freedom inside that structure. And it's just really helpful when you come in and you're like so overwhelmed that you don't even know where to start to have, have like a plan to follow. So that is so nice of you to say. I used my DIY writing retreat, like, so I've had another kid in the time since yeah we congratulations so I, yeah. Yeah, and thank you and um I went on like a writing retreat and you know like you said overwhelmed I was like totally overwhelmed like I this is my day like these are my like six hours that I get you know yeah, the pressure. and so I was like oh my god I made something to like solve this problem <laughs> so I took it out and I was like I could do this and I also started doing something else too which is like journaling before I go on a retreat because then like I need to like update it and add that in because that is like such a good way to be like because I would just like write on the train and I'd be like oh my god I'm so stressed out like what if I do this day wrong like what if I just waste this whole day and like and then I will like realize like I will still have had six hours to write right like I can't waste it I mean maybe none of the pages will stick around but like I will have gotten away and tried something, you know? Um, so yeah. So whatever, like overwhelm I'm feeling, I, now I start to do that a little bit more and like kind of get it out of my system, I guess, to begin. But, um, 
thank you for saying that I'm good at fitting in things and like getting organized. I don't feel like it happened until after I had kids, to be totally honest, because Mm. I didn't have to like budget my time and I didn't realize how important it was to me to be able to write. And so like, you know, when you can always kind of do it, like I was working part time because I was a tutor and um, that like... I was working in off hours, so I had this time during the day, and I was always, like, agonizing over, like, should I try and get more paid writing, or should I try and work on my creative projects while I still have the time, and um, if I'm working on my creative projects, like, which ones should I work on, the fiction ones, the nonfiction ones, because at that point, like, fiction was really more, like, pie in the sky for me even than it is now, and um, yeah, so then after I had kids, I was like, oh my God, okay, all I want to do is write like the exact, only the things that I want to write because I would get like one hour every three weeks, it seemed like, you know? <laughs> and um, so that is kind of what forced me to like, prioritize, but not only prioritize, but like arrange my life so that I could have some free time to do writing. Yeah, I think that's how like a lot of people come to it for whatever reason. Like you have a sh- either. You always had time and then you have some new thing that takes away your time, whether it's kid or a job or something like that. But also it could just be that you always had this thing that you wanted to do and you spend so much time and whatever it is. And then suddenly it's like, I am not going to do this unless I have a structure around it. Um, and so I think, but you're, you're so understanding of that also. And yeah, going back to your DIY writing retreat, like I love that you can just pick it up. It's not like you have to have done some kind of intensive whatever before you go it's like you just literally take it with you and figure it out once you get there like you like I I don't know like there's this whole industry around lots of writing things where it's like okay not only do you need to like do nano or whatever since we're coming up on nano season but you also need to like have outlined everything before that and you should have done all these other things and there's just like "Ah, I'm never gonna do anything and your stuff is not like that Oh, thank you. You know, I was thinking about like why I like making planners and like what I think about it that's different. And I realized that the thing that I don't like about a lot of like planner things is the like hustle emphasis and the like go get them. Like, um, well, I guess I shouldn't name any particular ones, but there's like a really popular (laughs) one that I really like the aesthetic of and I like the way the spreads work and I like like it. But it's just so do the thing that you're supposed to do right now. Like, that's what you have to do today. It's like cracking the whip. And I like just my life doesn't work that way. And like, I can't always do the things that I have to do, not even close, you know. And um, when you guys had Mary Silpot on, I think she mentioned how she does her day job writing first because it'll be something that she can cross off. And that like really made me realize like, oh man, like I totally feel that way now. Like I want to do something that I can get done. And like, I want to do something that sounds like fun, that is like accomplishable. And that doesn't always mean like the thing that I am most passionate about, like my novel, you know, because like half the time I write more than half, like 90% of the time I write something for that novel. And the next day I'm like, well, this is crap. And I just throw it away, you know, or like, a few days later, I'm like, "Ah, I really should start over with something totally new. And so anyway, so just like the idea that you like have this like really, I don't know, I I guess I just kind of like a more intuitive and less like, go, go, go approach to planning. Is that I feel like it was connected to what you said, but now I can't remember. (laughs) No, it's totally connected. Yeah, Totally speaking our language for sure as far as like working on things that you can work on and not 
beating your head against the wall, trying to do something that is not working for you at the moment. Yeah. Oh, that's what you're saying. Like the DIY writing retreat, you can just kind of like pick it up. Like that's very much life is right now. Like it bet I better be able to pick it up because otherwise it's not like I have no other option. <laughs> like I have to pick it up in my free time. That's it. So yeah. No, I like that. And th- I just think there's so many like it's I already have the narrative in my head a lot of times when I sit down to write where it's like, oh, I didn't. I checked my Instagram first. And so like now I've already failed. Like I'm never going to write any, <laughs> you know, whatever. And like it's really good not to have all these like other lists of things that you're supposed to do before you start to write. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. So it's good. Maybe we should rewind and uh, maybe go back, <laughs> go back and just talk like you talk about your growing planning empire like all the different things that you've done on this topic (laughs) sounds great um so I last year I made an actual print planner have it right here um I guess your listeners won't be able to see that so I'll put that down um but I just like (laughs) (laughs) I got it in my head that I wanted to make a planner and I kind of like had some free time at some point oh, I had to take the car in to get fixed. And I was like, I have four hours to sit here. This is amazing. Best car breaking thing ever. And um, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I could actually like get a start on this. Cause like I had an idea for a planner and I knew what I wanted to do, be like a writer's planner. And I wanted it to be kind of like bullet journal style. And um, so anyway, so I made that planner and this year I've had much more time to work on it because last year I just had a baby and um so this year I've been kind of like tweaking it and updating it and making it again. Um, it's going to be a hardcover one again. So my original idea was like, I want it to look like a book. And um, now I'm kind of like, maybe a paperback would be nice too, because hardcovers are kind of heavy. So anyway, I'm trying it in different formats and things like that. But um, so that's one thing that I do is the planner. But then the other things that I do, so the very first thing that I wrote was a guide to chiclet. And I wrote that right after I graduated from my MFA program. I just like the same kind of thing happened. Like we had a couple of weeks where I was unemployed. We were getting ready to move. And I was like, I think I could just write a book on how to write chiclet because I've read so much of it. And I just feel like it has this structure that I really like, like reading and like know how it works. So, and it would be fun to do like tables and stuff. Cause I really liked, you know, like Kurt Vonnegut's talk where he talks about like story structure and he draws the line down and like up again. And so I just really like things like that. Um, and so that was like the very first thing that I wrote. And my best friend Kelly is actually a newspaper editor or was at the time. And she edited it for me and formatted it. And we like figured out self-publishing together and it was really fun. Um, and then I wrote DIY writing retreat and, um, that I think is probably my most popular thing that I've made. It's just a guide to going away, whether you have like the full, um, schedule, which is like a two, two night weekend, which is like, to me, like perfect for a writing retreat. You get some time to yourself. You get like the first night you can just unwind and like get your head straight. And then you have like a whole day and you can get things done. Um, but even if you don't have that much time, you could still use like a piece of it as like if you have an afternoon or like I always ever get like a longish day, you know, like from morning till the evening. Um, and it just gives you like a schedule for what to do. And like, here's when you're going to write, here's when you're going to take a break. Here's when you're going to like go do something to get your mind off of writing. Because what 
I like I love going off to write by myself, but you could just feel so much guilt or like you should be writing the entire time. And it's just like not possible. Like when I was writing um, DIY Chicklet, we were staying at my um, like a family friend's house and I was basically there like all day and uh, I like figured out what my what my ideal schedule was. Like I would wake up, write, and then I would like take a break and I would have to just do something else in the afternoon. And I would try and write in the afternoon sometimes and it would just like not be good. And um, so, yeah, so that's kind of where I figured out my ideal schedule. And I was like, well, this is a pretty good schedule. It'd probably work for a lot of people. So let's just try this one. And um, it turned out to be like pretty popular and useful. And you can also tweak it, I think. Um, yeah. You know, like if you want to write more, you always can. But having a schedule and I think having somebody else tell you like, no, it's okay to go take a walk now is really, really helpful. At least to me, it's like really helpful. So so those are my three um, like plannery things. I've made some other like tools that have been published in other places. Like there's a spreadsheet on the right life, um, that website which is like for tracking your submissions. And I always just kind of like things that help you keep track of um, what you've done so that you can see your progress because that is a real motivator to me. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think it's just useful to think about how your ideas evolved and it's good to hear those stories and, and yeah. I agree. Like it's useful to hear um, how it's evolved, but also it's useful to hear somebody else say like, how guilty they feel like what if I've wasted this whole six hours and I haven't done anything and it's like we all feel that way and um, when we're talking I have talked a little bit on Instagram and probably on this podcast too um, about how everybody loves fall and fall is like really stressed me out this year and I was not ready for summer to be over because I didn't there were all kinds of things that happened this summer that were great but they weren't necessarily like the creative things that I was hoping for I guess is probably why I'm not ready for it um but I also get this I have this like real sense of external pressure to be making all these goals and then I have the internal pressure to um, I'm looking over at my like chart for my revision that I'm not working on right now. <laughs> um, this external, this internal pressure to f- get farther along on this one project and some other things I'm working on. Um, and so it's just really stressful to like, you know, you go in like every day thinking like, okay, I can't waste this day. And then when you, you kind of, I kind of end up in this like burnout cycle of, not letting myself rest because I haven't gotten what done what I think I should be getting done. And then because I'm not resting, like I can't get anything done because yeah. I need to rest and then I'm not, re- you know? And so it's just like this endless cycle of like doing nothing except like scrolling on Twitter because that's <laughs> all that I can think of to do. Um, so one, it's like really nice to hear somebody else say, maybe not that dire, <laughs> that drastic. Um, you're probably a little, you sound a little more balanced than I am, but uh, that these kinds of things, like these thoughts, you know, obviously I'm not the only one who has them, but it's still nice to like have them out in the open. Oh, totally. Um, but I guess what I wanted to ask is, so DIY writing retreat is super useful because it takes um, a short period of time and kind of plans it out. But how do you, how do you then 
what works best for you and kind of what was your approach with your, your planner um, as far as when you're setting goals for a longer period of time and a bigger project? Sure. So I think you asked that question like a million years ago and I just like totally failed to answer. <laughs> um, I, don't, so. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe you just expected it. <laughs> um, so thinking about like, you know, I mentioned like after having kids, I really kind of like rethought my priorities and figured out what I needed to do. And um, what I realized was, well, so after I had my first kid, I actually got postpartum depression and that was a real bummer, but it also <laughs> like, the worst. <laughs> it, it was horrible. Um, I like to be like open about that um, because I know a lot of people have it. And uh, it was definitely like, I would rather have not had it, but one positive thing that came out of it was that I realized like, okay, if I don't make time for what I care about, I will literally like not be a good parent. Like I will like just not be functional. Like I'll be, I won't sleep. That was my main symptom. Like I'll just be like angry all the time. And like, um, yeah, so making, so that was one thing that helped me be like, okay, here's what we're going to do. I think we should get a babysitter so that I can have some free time to myself. Um, cause I'm home with my kids and, um, my husband works. So like, I felt horribly guilty about this. Like, oh my God, how can I possibly get a babysitter? You know, whatever. Lots of people feel this way. Um, and I, but like, I think getting the postpartum depression is like kind of what forced me to be like no actually I can't do this all by myself we live far from family this is what it is so um so once I had a babysitter then I was like okay well now I have two afternoons a week I have to decide what to do with that time because that is like pretty much it like my husband at the time was in grad school and he was working and so it's just like like very tight spaces like seems like kind of like your life, Olivia, is just like traveling and working and traveling and, you know, like you have like very small. So, I mean, it's very frustrating because you don't have all the time you want, but it's also kind of like, okay, well, I've got these two hours now. What am I going to do? And um, so, yeah, so then I just kind of like was like, okay, well, every every time I have free time, I'm going to be like, am I tired? No. Okay. Then I can. Do I need to do something that's like for me? Like, do I need to go to the doctor? Do I need to? um, get a haircut? Do I need to like take a break, get a mani-pedi, you know, things like that. Um, if I have done something like that recently, then I probably don't need to do it again. So, okay, now I can like devote time to something that uses my brain and like takes energy, but is something that I really care about. And so that's when I would do my writing. So all this to say that, like, that's how I kind of learned how to, um, like make time for my writing practice, even when it, I mean, it, it costs money. It costs like time, you know, like this is what I had to do. Um, so I know that that is not available to everybody. And I think it should be like, I am, I'm a mama who I want to work for other mamas to have the same kind of get to have. So, um, so it was a bit of a tangent, I guess, but but I, it's a pep talk. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I just wrote down well, your questions. Sometimes I get like, like, I feel like a lot of people say, oh, you know, this is not right. This is not the way it should be. But like, no, we should change it so that it should be so that it can be this way. Everybody deserves free time. You know, you don't you shouldn't have to work two jobs. Um, but so anyway, so I had 
this in place. And then, you know, after having a second kid, I thankfully did not get postpartum depression. Um, my second kid was also incidentally like a much better sleeper than my first child. And so I was much more rested, but anyway, I kind of have this same still like priorities in place. Like when I get some free time, which is not very often, I don't have a babysitter anymore because we've moved and things have changed. Um, but also my husband's no longer in grad school. So that's a big help. Um, but like, I still have this kind of thing like, okay, do I need to sleep? No. Okay. Do I need to like go do some self-care? Like maybe I will take a run or whatever. Do I need to do, I mean, you know, if I don't need to do that, then I can do my writing, but I try not to just go from like, uh, okay, I got some free time. I have to do this. Like, it's kind of like, I can't, I can't operate under that kind of pressure all the time. Like maybe for a short season, like for the planner, I did have some kind of like mental deadlines, like, oh, I, I really want to have a draft done really by October because, you know, we want to print and um, send them out and things like that. But, um, but yeah, really most of the time I'm kind of just like, I'm just going to chip away at my project in the time that I have after I've done like the other things that I need to do. And that to me is a much like healthier way to go about things than kind of the plannery things I was talking about before, where it's kind of like do the hustle, you know, like, hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, because that, I, I, it just, it doesn't work. Like you said, you get burned out. You can't like, I end up scrolling on Instagram being like, I should be like doing something useful. So I will look at Instagram to see if there's a new hashtag I should follow. And I'm like, is this really, is this, this is not really relaxing. And it's also not really work. Like this is not really doing anything for anybody besides like, I don't know making me feel guilty that I've gone on Instagram again. Um, so yeah, that, I think the, that, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I think of it. I guess it's more of a like mindset-y answer. Um, the other thing I was going to say is that um, I'm an upholder, you know, the four tendencies, but I'm an upholder who tips towards obliging. So I read like in that book, she wrote the four tendencies where she um, interviews somebody who's like that because she's not like that. She's just a regular old upholder. Um, and the person said, I draw really thick lines around or walls around my time, like around my creative time. And I have definitely done that. Like, like when I had the babysitter, that was a, like a wall because I was paying somebody like nobody else was around. It was just me. And so that time was like so precious. And um, now it's kind of like, I'll be like, okay, I need an hour and a half to do this. Like, when is that hour and a half going to be? Don't bother me. You know, like, I am not going to do chores. I'm telling you now I'm not going to do chores. You know, like, not going to do that. So um, yeah, I think that that is kind of how I work anyway. I like that. And then how does that, but how, I have a question about the planner, like what's in your planner? Like what, um, do you have, I don't know, some planners have these like big intense goal setting at the very beginning and then you sort of work backwards from that and you schedule that in the planner or what's your kind of, how does that philosophy transfer onto the page in your planner? Oh yeah, that's a really good question. So, um, I think that it is definitely more of like an intuitive approach. So it has like trackers, um, but you can really... So, well, I guess the trackers are kind of separate. Let me start with the goal setting things. I have a goal setting guide, 
that you get before the planner. And that has a goal setting page in it. Okay. Um, but really how I have it set up is that you, you can um, write, there's space for writing down your monthly goals in every month. And then there's like a box um, above the weekly spreads where you can write down your goals for the week and every week. Um, so I find it really helpful to like in the beginning of the year, be like, okay, well, here's what I want to finish, like, or what I want to work on even like this year, I want to work on my novel. I don't expect that I will finish it at some point, but like, I don't know exactly when that will be. So anyway, like work on the novel, let's say finish the novel is the goal, but like, it's just really helpful to write down each week, like write work on novel for like 20 minutes or something like that. Um, just so that like, I keep it in mind because otherwise I will just, you know, kind of let it drift. Like I think is a lot of people do. Um, and then like things that have hard and fast dates, there's calendars. And, um, of course you can also write it in. There's like a daily, um, a daily, well, the weekly spread has daily boxes. And so there's kind of space for like tasks, but you can also write like, you know, deadlines and, um, things like that. So you can kind of see your whole week at a glance. Um, yeah, I guess the real way though, that my philosophy translates is in the trackers that I mentioned. So like, um, there's a submissions tracker for writing down when you've submitted something. Like I know you guys are doing the monthly submission thing, which I think is so awesome. Um, and it just like helps to have some accountability and keep track of what you've done and like see how much you've done because otherwise you just might send like 20, you might submit something 20 times and be like, well, this has been a real bummer. I've gotten like, you know, I could just keep getting rejections. But once you see, like, I submitted it 20 times, that's a lot of work, you know, like, you should be proud of that, even if you get rejections. So all of them, which I do all the time. Um, but the other kinds of um, trackers are like for writing days or for your mood. So you can fill in after you've done something, which I think is a really big help and um, a way to see like how you work, because I don't think it makes sense to just work the way that like, you know, everybody else works. You have to work the way that you work. Like I've described in great depth now how I work. Like it's taken years for me to figure out, you know, um, and everybody works a little differently. Like hearing Mary Philpott talk about how she like gets her day job stuff done first. That was like so eye opening. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. I love it. Like, let's try this next, you know, and um, just hearing how other people work is really helpful. So, but I think tracking what you do and how like even how you feel while you're doing it can really help you see what is the best way for you to um make your own goals and chip away at projects um yeah see like how much you're really doing because sometimes it's really hard to know what exactly you've done yeah so how then do you deal with not making deadlines or not meeting goals that you've set for yourself well, I guess that's a really good question. And I don't usually actually set like a time-based goal for myself. Actually, I do set them all the time and I like almost never make that. <laughs> so like in terms of my creative projects, I guess I have kind of two different things. So if it's a creative, like a really truly creative project, like a novel that, um, it's not, nobody's waiting for it. Like that, I consistently probably like every quarter write down, like write 20 pages, write 50 pages. And I like almost never do that. 
Um, if it's something like one of my guides or uh, the planner, I usually like will share, you know, that I'm working on it with other people so that it kind of makes that external deadline and that I will feel terribly guilty about if I don't make it. So I do try really hard to make those. Um, and, but the truth is I just don't set a deadline like that if I don't think I'm going to make it because I will feel so like crushingly depressed about it. (laughs) And like, um, so that really changed after, I mean, again, after having kids, like now I just, unless I know that I will be able to like create a planner for people, I just won't talk about it. Um, so I only really share the things that I'm like pretty usually further along than I'm even sharing about, you know what I mean? Like I will be like, Oh, I started this thing and really I'm like halfway done with it or, you know? Um, so that is how I handle that because yeah, I don't, I really don't like telling people I'm going to do something and then not being able to do it. So I do also like, I have a writing exchange with some friends and like we fall down on that all the time and that's fine. <laughs> like, um, cause that is usually about a creative project and everybody understands that that's kind of like last priority sometimes. Um, yeah. I don't know. I really don't feel bad about not like finishing my novel. I had this kind of like switch a few years ago. Um, I was like trying really hard to finish this revision of a novel. So this I've written like two two manuscripts and they both got rejected and the second one the first one got like like kind of devastatingly rejected like two years in a row. Like I wrote it and I got the same feedback from all the editors. So my agent and I were like, okay, well why don't we rewrite it this way? So I rewrote it. So that revision took a year. And um, I remember being like, oh, my God, I just got to power through this so that I can do something fun. And then I was like, wait a minute, like, I could do something fun right now. And I don't have to power through anything. It will just take longer. Like, if it's a year or a year and a half, does anybody really care? (laughs) No, like the world's not waiting for my fiction. So that was kind of just like, like, a chill out moment for me that is like, made me just feel better about everything. So yeah, so now I don't really feel I don't really feel bad when I don't make those um, novel manuscript deadlines. I think for two reasons. One, because like I enjoy my life more this way, like not worrying about it, you know, (laughs) like I've just noticed that. Um, But the other thing is that like, I think you do get better. Like I have a writing friend and he said, you know, like I like to believe that time is on your side with writing that like you get better over time. So you'll write a better novel, like the more you write. So now I'm just like, ah, I'm just getting better at it, you know. (laughs) the longer it takes the better it will be right so um yeah I don't know that's how I that's how I deal with it by not dealing with it (laughs) (laughs) I really like that and now it's just like wiped my brain clean of whatever I was gonna ask you but um, (laughs) no but I like that balance I think it's important to be able to hold both of those things like you can have goals you have like um, targets or something to use a word like commercial but um, but you don't have to meet them like you don't have to take it seriously I'm also totally not really an upholder like the first thing I do basically once I make a schedule is start to break it so <laughs> like, I'm like uh, what is the one what am I Megan obliger, obliger and rebel yeah I'm obliger rebel it's oh, like weird a, mostly rebel on 
Yeah, like in all respects, I really love to like immediately start destroying things. But then do you feel really bad about it? Like if it affects somebody else? It, no, because I never do it. I mean, like I do honor other people's priorities, oh. right? But it's also like if I'm at a conference, I immediately pick out like the panel I'm going to skip, um, you know, because it's like, oh, I don't need to go to that. But obviously, I would never like skip my own panel or something. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I do that too, but as an upholder who leans questioner. But it's more yeah. of a like from a sense of that whole thing about drawing thick lines around your time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm, where can I get away? Because my own needs mm-hmm. are more important. And I need to like get out of here and see natural sunlight for a couple of hours and get away from all of these people for like a couple of hours and kind of recharge. So yeah. I think that's really good advice in general for everyone is the first thing you should do when you go to a conference is pick which one you're going to skip. <laughs> yeah. I like and that. And there's I'll like nothing better than that. <laughs> yeah. And it's super fun if you're in a new city because then you can like one of the things that I've done is like um, find a place I want to go and kind of schedule myself like this is like a little writing retreat for me. Mm, like, con- I like Conference that. for me. I only go to like one a year. And so for me, it's like. I'm away from home. I'm in a hotel room all by myself. I can like walk down the street to a neat little cafe that I've never been to in a city that I've never been to and, you know, work on my novel for a few hours. That is awesome. I really like that. No, I really, I love this. But I also think like the theme through this whole conversation is basically about how you should like find love and joy, even the part where before we started recording where we were just talking about our socialist future world um (laughs) is like also just it's like how can we I don't know support people we like and uh like find joy in what we're doing right basically totally well because there's not like a lot of money in writing so you better be doing it for another reason right like if you guys have read um the Carrie Brownstein Carrie Brownstein's memoir Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl, by any chance. It's really good. No, but it's been on my list for since it came out, so for a really long time. Um, she really impressed me because she said she basically breaks down like musicians, like like bas- like you better be doing it because you really like it because there's no money in tours, there's no money in record sales, there's no money in anything. so like if you don't like getting up there on the stage and playing, what are you even doing? And I was like, oh my God, musicians are so baller. Like I'm so impressed (laughs) with them. But yeah, but I think writing, there's plenty of that. Like you don't, I mean, it's not as um, intense maybe as getting up on a stage, but there's plenty of just like, just doing it because you're doing it, you know? Yeah. And I don't like thinking of it as a hustle as well. I'm really against this whole hustle culture, which I know is like a fashionable opinion now on the internet, but uh, but it's always like, I don't know, things don't always have to be hard. No, they don't. I wanted to ask you about your practical, like about your planner, where can they get it? When is it coming out? Like that sort of thing. Thank you for asking me. Um, so I publish it through lulu.com, which is a, it's in, it's a certified B Corp, which I found out it's a publishing company. Yeah. And it's in ooh, North or South Carolina, I think one of those. Um, so sorry for getting wrong, Carolina. Um, so it's a very, I think it's a great like self-publishing platform. So I will be, you'll be able to get it on there on lulu.com and then also on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and other places like it will just be um, And it's going to be in 
two formats, hardcover and paperback. But I'll also be selling the PDFs on my own website, so on aliciadeillustrious.com, because um, I don't, like, I have international readers, so I think the shipping costs were kind of prohibitive for some of them, and um, they also, well, so I... We'll be selling that on my website as a PDF, but then I'll have the hardcover and softcover wherever else you buy books. Well, I have one last, like, this is just a practical question also, but what are your favorite tools? Like, what do you like to use for your planning, for your writing? Um, just kind of your, like, tool nerd side. I really like to use Trello. Have you guys used that? Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. It is, like, basically virtual bulletin boards and you make these cards and a lot of people use the cards like so how it works is so you have this like blank screen which is your bulletin board how I think of it and then you can make different lists and then on each list you have cards and the cards you can like turn into checklists but then you have to click on them and I don't ever do that what I do is I just have my board with the different lists and I will just put everything right on the card so like I have a list. I'm going to like open it right now so I can explain myself. So like I have a board that's called like writer's planner. And on the writer's planner board, I have like all the different areas of things I have to think about. So like to do, and then I just have like a whole bunch of tasks. And then um, I have like marketing and I'll put anything I come up with an idea or I have a date or something I need to keep track of for marketing in there. And then I also have like notes, like if I delete a page or I need to change them um, and then like random ideas so I can dump everything there. And like honestly using Trello and not using like a spreadsheet has like changed my ability to do things because you can also get it on your phone. So if I have an idea when I'm out, I will just type it on Trello and put it in. I'll just type it on my phone and put it in the board there. So that is really handy. And uh, yeah, that is, I also use the planner. Like I write down stuff. Like I have to, I like took a break from planning when I had like a baby baby. But now that I'm like coming out of that and I have like stuff to do, I always write down like random appointments and things like that on the day because otherwise I forget them. And I also will put in like goals for the week. Um, kind of like how I've made my planners. So um, I can just kind of keep track of them and things like that. But yeah, Trello is my favorite tool. That is definitely it. I haven't used it, but I have, I used to use stickies like when we, Megan and I both worked at the newspaper actually in college. And we always had stickies on our desktops, like full of like lots of tasks. I don't even remember what else, but um, I haven't, I've always like missed that, but never really implemented it in my day to day life. Yeah, it's also just like pretty and fun. Like you can move things around. I always make a list that says done so that I can drag things over when I'm actually done. Then I archive oh, and it looks so clean. It's really nice. <laughs> it's obviously there you go. a lot of joy. So yep. Like <laughs> Do you have anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't cover? Um, I just think that like being friends with you guys online is awesome. And I really love marginally podcast. You guys are Uh-oh. like Aww, really you. fun to listen to. Yeah. It totally makes me feel like, um, 
like I always hear new things and insights and it just makes me feel like, you know, writing is a lot less solitary than it can be. So thanks. Thanks. We feel the same way. That's actually was the big selfish reason we started the podcast (laughs) was so we could meet other people and not do this just on our own. Um, and I just want to put a shout out. I know you're not updating it right now, but your Scratch Paper podcast um, is a wealth of really great information for anyone who is, even if you're not brand new, if you're just getting started or if you're not just getting started, there's all kinds of great stuff in there from everything from like submitting and literary journals and research process and um, it's awesome. So. Thank you. Yeah, I hope to have another season sometime. <laughs> Eventually, <Ish. laughs> but there's a ton in there if um you know there's a ton in there to keep people busy um, especially you. there's an you mentioned journaling before you go on your writing retreat and you do have an episode and i'll look up the number and put it in the show notes but you do have an episode about the journaling process with your writing and like journaling before your writing session and then a little bit after your writing session and totally. that is a really great episode so thank you people check that out Actually. if they were yeah, journaling is a good tool too. That is probably my other favorite tool. Like, de stress your brain, de stress my it's brain, so and then start writing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so like, form, like, it's amazing. I have to sometimes when I have all those like loops of thoughts, then you just write them down and then you're like, okay, now I can move on from that. Yep. You totally. Know, so wonderful. Yeah. yeah. No, you're one of our favorite uh, podcasts. Friends, oh, thanks. You're, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, I'm so touched. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> well, awesome. thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. We know you've got a busy life and um, things to do, but we really appreciate your time and oh, all of your advice. Great. I feel like I just like had a therapy session. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm excited to try your planner. Oh, I'm oh. super excited for you to try it too. Uh, yeah, no, this is this is really fun. It's always fun chatting with you guys. Yeah, we'll to do this again. Yeah, we Definitely. should do it more. And that's it for this week. You can find us online at marginallypodcast.com and on Instagram at marginallypodcast. Our email is podcast at marginallypodcast.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our newsletter. The sign-up form is on our website. And if you enjoy the show, please consider rating it and leaving a review in your podcast app and or sharing an episode with a friend. This will help us to grow our community. Thanks for listening and happy writing. Marginally is produced by the two of us, Megan and Olivia. So excuse any amateur issues. We're working on it. Theme music is It's Time by Skarika Rikaska. Show notes for every episode are available at marginallypodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Marginally, you might also enjoy one of our favorite podcasts, Hashtag Am Writing with Jess and KJ. Every episode is full of great information and encouragement. Look for it wherever you get your podcasts or find the link in our show notes. Thanks for listening. We're excited to to expand the like our little socialism experiment as well. <laughs> like a little miniature socialist empire. Yes, whatever. anti-capitalist yeah. writing world. Yeah. yeah, whatever a socialist empire would be called. Uh, well, socialist. <laughs> It's kind of an oxymoron. (laughs) (laughs) Well, or the Soviet Union, but yeah.